Hi, this is Ryan, and I've got a great announcement before we jump into today's episode of I Missed It. As of right now, we've got merch. Head on over to ghostlightmedia.net, our podcast network, and click on merch. You'll be taken to our T-Pub store, where all of the I Missed It designs will be, well, there forever, but for the first couple of days as of this episode's release, they'll be on sale. We've got three designs up. First is our show logo. The second is a fun take on an angel sighting. We've got uh, David Boreanaz peeking over a little gravestone. It's pretty fun. And then you also can show your shipping support for the best couple pairing that I've yet seen on Buffy, Team Spikezilla. Yes. Yes, we have uh, shipping merch here because, of course, we do. You can get all of this on a T-shirt, a laptop, case, bag, I think you can even get a mask with our logo on it now, so that's pretty neat. But that's all for now. Thanks very much, and enjoy the show. I missed it, the podcast where we watch and talk about a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan, and I missed it. And I'm Brittany, and I didn't. And this is going to be a little bit of a different episode of I Missed It, because we're going to take two episodes of Buffy and smush them into one giant episode of I Missed It, because it's a two-parter. It's our first two-parter. It is our first two-parter. Uh, Buffy Season 2, Episodes 9 and 10 are a two-parter called What's My Line, uh, Parts 1 and 2, uh, from November 1997. Uh, the description for Episode 1 says, Spike brings in three professional bounty hunters to eliminate Buffy while she ponders on what her profession might be if her fate wasn't already sealed. And I didn't know what this was about until this very second. I am excited. I am on board. I want professional hitmen taking out a slayer. Thank you, Joss Whedon. Yes. And you really like Spike. And I love Spike. Spike's <laughs> the best. I'm very excited for Spike. I'm also glad that I have the meta knowledge that Spike is around for forever. <laughs> and that makes me happy. Yes. Spike is really great. He's great. He's wonderful. He brings it every time he's on screen. It's awesome. I'm very excited now. Yeah. So do you remember this? How well do you remember this? We haven't watched it yet. But. Um, in listening to that description, I don't remember it that much. And looking at the pictures, I remember it. But in, reading, in listening to that description, I don't. It looks like, just looking at these photos on IMDb, it looks like we got three bounty hunters. One's a black woman, maybe, with an axe. I don't know what that means. Um, there's also some tarot cards, maybe. So that could be interesting. Uh, talking about fate and future and destiny and such. Um, Oz is credited in this episode, so that's good. Right. Also, I'm, oh man, I don't know who my side character is going to be. I really hope he doesn't let me down. Uh, so I'm going to call him out right now. Willie the Snitch oh, great. is the character <laughs> name. One more again, Willie the Snitch, played by Severio Guerra. 
I don't. I could not tell you who that is. No idea. I'm excited. I'm going to be on the lookout for him. I'm excited for this. Anything else we need to know about this before we jump in? No. You'll everything that you need to know happens in the episode. Great. Like it's pretty a pretty big episode. They give you more Slayer lore. I know that. Awesome. Like so what, what happened? What I've been wanting for this whole time. Yeah. Like Buffy died. What happens now? Or what happened after she died? Because she legitimately died. At the end of season one. Yes. yes. So. Great. What happens awesome. now? Consequences. I love it. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. About time. So here's how this episode is going to work. So we're going to go watch uh, the first part. And then we're going to come back and talk about the uh, first part a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go watch the second part. And then we'll come back and talk about the whole thing. There's going to be a lot of pausing of this podcast, so you can watch the episodes along with us during the breaks. I hope you enjoy this as much as I think I'm about to. I think this is the first time I've been, like, excited for the next episode. Right. So I'm ready to go. Now is when season two starts amping up and getting, like, really good. Thank you, Joss Whedon. So we are going to go watch What's My Line Part 1, and we will be right back. And we're back. That was Season 2, Episode 9 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, What's My Line, Part 1. And, oh boy, that was good. I enjoyed that immensely. Yes, it's very good. It was very, very, very good. It was a journey. We went on an adventure there, and it's only halfway done. That's a pretty good cliffhanger, all things considered, too. I mean, I want to give this one like a 9 I didn't. I guess I didn't write my rating down. Um, yeah, I'd probably give it like probably like an eight and a half, nine. Yeah, uh, IMDb has this one sitting at eight point four. Um, so we do get an angel sighting eight minutes in. He is waiting for Buffy in Buffy's room, which is hilarious because it's backwards, right? Uh, and really then, creepy and, and creepy, and she sneaks in through her window. Um, and apparently, and that is where apparently I can predict uh, dialogue in Buffy the Vampire Slayer 21 episodes in. Yep. Because I did that. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I'll get back to you. <laughs> All right, so how well did you remember part one? Really well. Really well. There were only like a select couple of things that were just kind of random things that I didn't remember. But I remembered basically everything. I mean, I guess the main thing that I didn't remember was what was chosen as their careers. Right. Xander is a prison guard. Yep. Apparently. And this is also how Willow meets Oz. Yes. For the I, first time. I did remember that they met um, and that they were like a select group, but I couldn't remember what their select group was. Um. Cordelia is a inspirational speaker and a personal shopper. And a personal because shopper because that was a thing in the nineties. Yeah, well, it's a very different thing now. Yeah, nowadays that's just part of the gig economy. Yep. So I remembered that. I remembered all of that, but I did not remember that 
Buffy and Oz also meet each other for the first time in this episode, too. Yes, violently. Yeah. <laughs> well, not kind of violently. Buff- forcefully. <laughs> forcefully is a good description of that moment. She did pin him up against the locker, but she was not using uh, grip strength. It was just kind yeah. of a hand on his neck. It was strange. I get what yeah. they were doing, but it just, they just didn't quite sell it. Mm-hmm. It was like the one moment that I was like, ah, oh, so close. Yeah. I didn't even really think anything of it. I just assumed it was her pushing him up against a locker and wasn't her doing anything forcefully. Sure. They just kept her hand on his throat for a, a little yeah. bit and there was no tension in her hand and I was looking for it. Yeah. Because I was, I've been watching the fights in this one going, man, these fights are really good. Yeah. Like we have uh, the fight with... Angel and whatever the first assassin's name is. I don't remember. I don't think they even said it. I don't think so. I don't think they give the assassins names. So let's just run through this whole thing kind of quickly and hit some of the high points. Um, so there's another Slayer. Yeah, Kendra. I, Kendra. Um, they did a good job of concealing that. Yeah. They really sold it well. Uh, it was a good reveal. Yeah, they... I remembered once it kept happening but i also forgot how much they work so hard in making you think that she's an assassin sure i didn't even think about that until you said that oh they have three bounty hunters and one of them's a black girl and i was like oh i guess if you if that's all you know about this episode then yes you would think that yeah that's absolutely how they sold it they sold it as there's three of them, and with Drusilla turning over the tarot cards in order, mm-hmm. um, they lead you to think that that third tarot card with the uh, leopard or the big cat on it mm-hmm. is her. Yeah. Um, playing into the exoticness of her accent, mm-hmm. which is not very good. Yeah. It feels mm-hmm. forced and fake, but. Yeah. Bianca Lawson, also, that's who plays Kendra, looks exactly the same now. <laughs> 23 years later. Because <laughs> yes. she was in Pretty Little or Yeah. Pretty Little Liars. And she looks ex- exactly the same. Good for her. Um, I do need to point out that this is the first, I believe, mention of the Scooby Gang. Yep. Xander drops that in this episode. Just very casually and very much like we already knew what it was. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it so much. Especially since Buffy was dressed like Daphne for a large portion of this episode. Yeah. Does it make more sense now that because Xander's the one who made it up or whatever? Because you hate it so much? I hate it so much. And Xander's the one that made it up? Of course he is. (laughs) Of course he is. And the first time it's mentioned is when he says, Cordelia, don't you want to be part of the Scooby gang? Here's your chance. Of course, this is how we introduce this phrasing. That's where we're at. Um, So, when Willow was taken uh, behind the magical curtain and met Oz, I legit thought that those were like CIA people or something. I thought they were FBI. FBI, CIA, or something like that. I was like, wait a second. Are we finally getting like outside forces caring about what's happening that we've touched on on and off and then i remembered that that doesn't happen until season four later yeah 
So I was excited, and then my brain caught up with me and was yeah. like, oh, this is going to be dumb. But right. she met Oz, so we'll yeah. see how that goes. So there was Buffy going ice skating with Angel, supposedly. Yep. And obviously, they made it very clear that Sarah Michelle Gellar knows how to ice skate. Yes, she because. very clearly took lessons. She knew what she was doing enough. Yeah. Um, I wrote, as soon as they said it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to watch David Boreanaz fall on his face. And then I remembered, wait a second, he was a hockey player. So why didn't they show him ice skating? Because he knows how. I do not know why David Boreanaz was not on that ice. Like, the whole point was that they were going together. Yeah. Like, it was a nice thing for Buffy, but it was the two of them doing something together, and he just wasn't there. He showed up to save her. Which is great because, you know, plot, she has to stay alive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, David Boreanaz can absolutely ice skate. And I was very excited for uh, finding out if SMG could ice skate, mm-hmm. uh, and she can, but also to watch the difference between her ice skating and David Boreanaz uh, ice skating with hockey skates. Yeah. Because it's very different. Yeah. Very different stylistically. Also, the skates are just different. Yes. Um, so I was excited for that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they were going to have a race and it was going to be cutesy or something, and then yeah. something would happen. Right. I w- Instead, we got um, SMG's audition uh, for uh, the movie Ice Princess. And, and... She didn't get it. No, her sister did. <laughs> but that's, like, legit. <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg plays that character, and Michelle Trachtenberg plays her sister. Funny how that works, <laughs> isn't it? But yeah, I was I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to watch David Boreanaz fall for his face on ice skates. And I was like, wait a second, he played hockey. That's how he messed up his knee. Yeah, he, he knows, knows how to ice skate. He knows how to ice skate. Do you think Angel knows how to ice skate? I mean, he's been around for 240 years. I hope so. I want if he doesn't know how to ice skate, how does he know where the closest ice rink is and their hours? Right. I don't know. He watched, he talked to the person who was going to write Ice Princess, and they figured it out. Apparently. So, the Angel Drusilla backstory remains very good and very, very dark. Not so good. I completely forgot about it, and it's probably my favorite thing right now. It's great. Like, the only, and the only thing I wanted more in this episode was Giles to have something, but you you can see Anthony Stewart Head is letting Giles still deal with what has just happened to him. Yeah. Which is interesting and mm-hmm. good. Uh, Miss Calendar is not in this. No. Which makes sense because they can't have that many characters. They're running out of uh, screen time. Yeah. But, yeah, the Angel... Uh, the Angel Drusilla backstory is very interesting. Uh, Spike is very interesting. Drusilla's wandering accent is very interesting. I didn't really notice it until this episode. But she purposefully lets her accent wander from posh to cockney and back and forth. And I have to assume that the actress has to be doing it on purpose, and there has to be reasoning for which accent went. Yeah. Uh, because it f- doesn't feel like an actress who can't keep an accent. It feels like an actress who's very specifically doing something. Yeah. And it might be just wherever her level of insane is. That makes sense. Side character shout out I was right. Willie the Snitch is my new favorite. That guy was great. I didn't recognize you in the dark, Angel. <laughs> I'm pretty positive. <laughs> How comes- else would you recognize him? He's only in the dark. Yeah. I think he comes back, and I think he's at the very beginning of Angel, too. Gotcha. 
gosh, it was just a great one-off. It's great. Loved it. Good job, Willie the Snitch. Do you have one? That was mine. That was yours? Him. He was really the only side character. Yeah, unless you count the bounty hunters or the new Slayer. Kendra, yeah, but she's... I don't know. I She is important, so I wouldn't consider her a side character necessarily. Well, I did also appreciate mostly the look of Brainy Vampire. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was a nice... Oh, look, these vampires retain skill sets. They retain mm-hmm. what they were good at. This guy was clearly some sort of professor or researcher or something. And he's retained the look, but he's still a vampire. It was a nice bit of world building that they did not have to do, but they did. Yeah. Well, I mean, their whole stick with vampires are that they're just a person who got turned into some kind of demon and they just, they don't have a soul anymore. So they're basically the same person. They're just soulless and demonic as they were when they died. Yeah. No other differences. Nothing major. (laughs) Did you have a favorite line? There are a couple, but the only one that I wrote down was, don't warn the tadpoles. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Willow falls asleep while researching, pulling an all-nighter. And apparently frog fear is a thing. Yeah. There you go. They had the nightmare episode, and that was not one of her fears, but you know. Calling you out, Josh. Come on. (laughs) Be consistent. Be better. Uh, Principal Snyder only shows up very briefly. He's the worst. But he delivers a scathing review of one Xander Harris. Whatever comes out of your mouth is a meaningless waste of breath, an airborne toxic event. Yeah. Just done. Finite. Go He's away, Xander. So You're done. Terrible. You're toast. You've been completely burned. You have nothing left to do. Okay, so that was part one. Left us on quite a cliffhanger. And we're going to go watch part two right now. So we will be right back. And we're back and we're done. We have finished both parts of What's My Line, Buffy Season 2 Episodes uh, 9 and 10. Uh, What's My Line Part 2, IMDB says, Buffy joins forces with another Slayer in hopes of saving Angel from the clutches of Spike and Drusilla. Uh, Part 1 was better. Yeah. But Part 2 was fine. Like It wrapped up fine. It left me with more questions than answers. But... It was fine. Like, eight, probably. Yeah, I get an eight. They tried to do a lot in it, and it didn't quite work all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this one had a lot of better single moments than the other one, but, like, as a whole, the other one was rather better. Than, yeah, part one. Yeah. Well, we get our angel sighting. About six or seven minutes in, uh, he is still in the cage under the basement, about to be destroyed by the sun, uh, burned alive, I guess is the right way to describe that. He would turn into ash just like 
if he was staked, it would just take longer. Okay. And apparently, uh, he gets weaker being outside for longer. Yeah, I didn't. Re- I didn't really understand that, and I've seen this before, and seen all of Buffy and Angel, and I don't. I don't know. That didn't make sense to me. There were several moments in this episode, and I think that was the first one where I was waiting for them to explain how the lore worked, mm-hmm. and I was very excited to learn about it, but it was inconsistent. Yeah, I'm wondering if it just meant that he hadn't eaten in a while. Maybe, or maybe he was getting, like, residual sunlight from the window, kind of. He just wasn't in direct sunlight, I guess, maybe. I don't know. But there were, yeah, there were a couple of things in this one that I was very excited to learn about the lore, and then they would say something or do something, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, that mostly makes sense, but you did say this other thing, then that seems to contradict this, so... I don't know, but we'll get into that. So, IMDb does give part two an 8.7, up from an 8.4 for part one. Interesting. I mean, I can see why people would think that this one was better. I th- Like I said, I think that the other one as a whole is better, but this one has had better single moments. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, Oz Willow stuff in this episode, Mm -hmm. and I don't understand why, because they've had plenty of other filler episodes where they could have explored it more, Mm -hmm. and instead they saved that plot line, along with the Xander Cordelia plot line, for this episode. Yeah, I'm wondering if this was a mid-season finale or something like that. Or we like can find out. They went off the air for a month or so. What's my line? Part 1, November 17th, 97. Part 2, one week later, November 24th, 97. And then they skip one week and they are back for one episode, December 8th. And that is actually the mid-season. And then they come back a month later in January of 98. So that's so weird. That's, yeah, that doesn't even make sense. Like because they, Ted is not a mid-season finale. <laughs> and Bad Eggs is not an episode to come back for. That doesn't make any sense. This is the one that you would split in half, right? That you would put yeah. part 1 in that last December last November slide mm-hmm. and then you come back in January. Yes. Um but that's or not even, what they did. Or even ending the, like, making this their mid-season, like, you put it in that December slot and then come back in January with the second half of season No, they two. come back, there's one episode. Yeah. But that's what, that's what I mean, like, they should have done. Yeah, it just, <clears throat> it just goes back to the inconsistency of the episodes of Buffy. Yeah. Because, and how like, there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or a reason to the order yeah, because Ted could have literally gone anywhere. I'm pretty sure. I don't think that Ted needs to be after this episode. Like, I don't I don't remember exactly. It's not a bad episode, but it's a filler episode. It brings to mind for me if um, they were aired 
out of order in some fashion or another because that is something that they did to Joss Whedon with Firefly. Gotcha. Because they aired Firefly in the incorrect order. Mm-hmm. And Joss Whedon didn't get a say about it. Gotcha. And, and I know. kind of screwed him over. So that just, this reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. And next season, there is an episode that is aired out of order, but it was purposefully. The Columbine one? Yeah, because they have a school shooting, epi- school shooting-esque episode. It's not a school shooting episode. The school does not get shot up. Buffy hears somebody, it's weird, but she hears somebody say that they want to shoot the school. Everyone. So it's a school shooting-esque episode, and it was supposed to air, like, two weeks after Columbine happened. Well, there was a... So they pulled it. Depending on how you view it, this was a school shooting. Yes. In this episode. Yes. And nobody batted an eye. Like, Jonathan came in and was like, was that a demonstration? And nobody said anything, and then it just ended. Right. It didn't make any sense. But this was also Mm pre-Columbine, so... So they can just get away with it. Yeah. Because no one's thinking about it through that lens. Yeah. Because Columbine was the first big thing in, Mm -hmm. like, school school shooting, I would say. So, yeah. So how much did you remember? Basically everything. I remembered um, Willie coming in to quote-unquote save Angel. Like he came in and saved him and then gave him over to Spike. Willie the Snitch. Yeah. New favorite character. Yeah. I remember that happening. I remember the bug guy going after Xander and Cordelia. And the very, very, very good duct tape job they did on the bottom of that door. Yeah. The really good props of it, too, because you there were maggots, whether real or fake, actually taped to the bottom of that duct tape when they took it out. Yes, there were. Um, I remember the Slayer lore. I asked you if they had said that before, like a while ago, because I couldn't remember if they'd actually established what happens when a Slayer dies or when a new Slayer comes to be or whatever. Right. And they had not. No, they hadn't. And um, this is actually one of my other points of lore inconsistency. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't make sense to me. Because I I already kind of sort of knew that uh, when there can only be one Slayer. I knew that. They say it all the time. But I knew that when one Slayer dies, another Slayer is chosen. Yeah. Or what? I vaguely knew that. But the way they lay this episode out... They're very uh, purposeful about, okay, so Buffy died, now there's a new Slayer. And then Buffy came back, so now there's two Slayers. Yes. Okay, great. Except for the part where Kendra gives her entire backstory as she was uh, taken to her Watcher as a child, which was decades ago. Yeah. And then she became the Slayer six months ago? I think it's active Slayer. I think they took out the active adjective or verb or whatever it is. The active was not in here at all. No, I'm guessing that that's what it is because there's 
I mean, there's an entire season later of potential Slayers. And, like, it's not that they're not a Slayer until some until Buffy dies. It's that they are a Slayer. They're just not active. So, like, Buffy is the active Slayer. Then she dies, so Kendra became the active Slayer. They don't say that, but that's what I'm guessing the lore is supposed to But, so that... Okay, but being the Slayer doesn't give you magical powers. Right? No, I think you're born with it. So you're born with the potential to be a Slayer. Correct. But you still have to learn how to use it. Yes. From your Watcher. Okay, so if... I'm guessing. So it's just kind of an honorarium? I, I guess. Like, there's... You're the Slayer. Everyone else is here, and they're going to be the Slayer if you die. Mm -hmm. But nothing really happens except somebody gets the active title. I think so, yeah. Okay, so it doesn't mean anything, and it's all nonsense. Probably. I mean, there's there's more than one Watcher, obviously. Right, exactly. Giles isn't the only Watcher. And and I kind of talk about him like he's not a great Watcher. Yeah. I mean, things happen next season... Two. Buffy gets another watcher. I vaguely knew that Giles stops being her watcher at one point. Yeah. I mean, we have to get Alexis Denisoff somehow. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but yeah, so they kind of contradicted their own lore. Yeah, I think and they I, just left active out. I don't know why they would. I just think that they don't know. Maybe. Like, that seems like lore they established way later in this future season with yeah. potential Slayers. Like, it's not lore right now. We don't. Yeah. I don't know this. So, to me, they just said, yeah, no, there's only one Slayer, and it feels like a magical power thing that, you know, it gets transferred to you, and then all of a sudden you're 15 years old and you have to figure out how to kill vampires. Yeah. Or, but then this new Slayer, they're talking about her, and she's saying how this is the only thing she's ever done. Yeah. And there's a handbook that she's been following for forever, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have family, and this is just what she knows. And they also portray her as out of touch with society and culture. Yeah. I think her being out of touch with society and culture is her specific culture, because she says that. Um, like, she's forbidden to talk to boys in her culture. I don't know if she uses the word culture, but... Oh, I thought that was just... I thought she meant that as, like, her watcher doesn't let her. Oh, I, I didn't. Maybe. I, maybe. I do remember her saying there was something about her culture or where she's from. Because they never say where she's from. No. They, she says something about, I don't do this or I can't do this because of where I'm from. Gotcha. She specifies that. So I assume she couldn't, she was out of touch with all of this, all of, um, like, society and Buffy's culture because of her culture and where she's from. But if her family gave her up when she was a kid, they don't say what age, but uh-huh. a kid, then it doesn't matter where she's from anymore because it, 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 it's almost Star Wars Jedi-esque a little, it feels like. Hey, you have these mad, you have these powers, you have these abilities. Cool, we're gonna take you from your family. You're gonna forget all of that, and we're gonna train you to do this thing. Yeah. So it wouldn't even matter where she's from anymore because where she's from isn't who she is. Who she is is what the handbook and her watchers say she is. Yeah, I mean that's fair. But that transitions us very nicely too. Where is she from? 
<laughs> what is this accent? Because it's at least three different things. At one point, I assumed that she was supposed to be like vaguely Middle Eastern or maybe even Indian. And that explained the lack of English because her English was broken. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just kind of a poor stereotype from 1997. Mm-hmm. But then part two happens and she almost sounds like she's Scottish or Irish. I don't know. I like she has a little brogue to it. It's weird. And she kept falling back and forth. And then at one point, the accent goes away completely. It just struck me as strange because it's in the same episode where Drusilla is very clearly doing accent work to demonstrate when she's, you know, sane. Yeah. And then we have the new Slayer. Can't even figure out where she's from. Yeah, I kind of assume that she is from Africa or maybe about there. I have no idea. Um, I don't know. Side character shout out time. I am excited. I am happy. I am thankful for the gift given to us. Willie the Snitch, you are my new favorite. Yeah. You were in part two, thankfully. I was very excited to see you pop back on the screen there, Willie the Snitch. And then he got to do so much. He kidnapped Angel and tossed him into the sewers and sold him off to Spike. Yeah. And then he pretty much did the same thing with Buffy. Because yeah. if it worked once, do it again. Right? And he also... Uh, but in between the, those two points, he tried to get uh, Buffy and Kendra to agree to do some modeling. Nude modeling. <laughs> Tasteful high art. It That's was naked. strange. It was weird. But it felt perfectly in fitting with this scumbag character. Yeah. And I'm I'm enjoying Willie the Snitch. I looked it up and he's in five episodes of Buffy. Great. So he's coming back. Good. Yeah. Good. And that's my side character. Yeah. I didn't really... I felt like Willie the Snitch was the only side character. Really? Yeah. My side character shout out would be Oz... Because currently he is a side character. Yeah. Yeah, he's a side character. So he hits Oz. Okay, great. He got shot. He did. I forgot he got shot. But apparently he didn't get shot. (laughs) What do you mean? Because later they say, how's Oz? Is he okay? And Willow says, the emergency doctor said it was fine. He just had a scrape. I would imagine that means it just scraped past him. Yeah, that's not how you describe a gunshot wound. I've heard that a lot in, like, different TV shows where somebody gets shot and just scraped them. Or Yeah, well, you would describe, like, the, the action of the bullet scraped them, Yeah. right? But the wound itself is not described as a scrape. It is still a gunshot wound. Yes, Like, it I just mean... whizzed by and just scraped you, yeah. But you were still shot. Yeah, his arm was in a sling. Yes. He was still shot. He was still shot, but it was described as, oh, I just have a scrape. Like yeah. like he had just hurt his knee on the sidewalk or something. <laughs> but this is the episode where they start to couple off. Yes. Willow and Oz are 
starting to become a thing. Yes. From the very end of that episode. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Xander and Cordelia mm-hmm. was coming. Yeah. It was coming. It had to happen. Mm-hmm. They're uh, aggressive about it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. I will say, though, that I, you don't like Cordelia, and nope. I, I do. I did. I do like that her license plate says Queen C. Yes. I enjoyed that. Yes. You don't like Cordelia, and I do, but, like, later, they do things where they let Charisma Carpenter act because of things that happen with Xander, and you feel more sympathy for Cordelia, I feel like, and actually she becomes a better character. Like, this whole relationship makes her a more interesting and, I don't want to say better character, but, like, a more interesting and, there's a word I'm looking for and I can't figure it out. Complicated? No. Nuanced? No. Nice? Bearable. Bearable? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was looking for. Yeah, she's just the worst. Like, they spend so much time making her the worst. Mm-hmm. So much unnecessary time. Like, she would be in an episode for a minute just so she could say awful things. And then she wouldn't be in the rest of the episode. Yeah. So oh, I'm hoping that, you know, because I know she's around for forever, they have to give her stuff to do. They have to change her. They have to let her grow as a character. So here's hoping they do it and do it well. Yeah. What was your favorite line from this one? My favorite line was when Oz said, I sort of test well, you know, which is cool, except that it leads to jobs. That is kind of the point. I thought it was funny. That was very good. Uh, I really appreciated uh, Xander's uh, line about Angel. Man, that guy got major neck in his day. (laughs) Because we needed something happy from this episode. Yes. What else do you have written down? I had... Oh, they made a Mary Kay reference. They did make a Mary Kay <laughs> reference. I was like, Mary Kay reference, hey! They also uh, used the name uh, Fister for the uh, guy pretending to be the drug rep. Uh-huh. Which is a drug company. Oh, is it? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, which is... I'm sure that's why uh, Cordelia didn't know that either. Yeah. Interesting. So, was this the first big everyone fight? Uh, apart from the pilot, maybe? Like, the first time that they were like, hey, we're all in here and we're all fighting. Yeah. And there's a bunch of fights happening simultaneously. And yeah. it's not just Buffy kick- kicking butt and maybe uh-huh. Angel's there. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because, you know, Xander and Cordelia got out their glue. Yeah. Willow... Willow staked one. Yeah, hold him still. <laughs> and Giles got one or two. Giles held him still. Giles held, well, Giles also had the crossbow and fired oh, the first right. shot that right, started right, right. it all off. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they all fought throughout the whole time. It was um, a valiant first effort for a lot of fights happening at the same time. Thankfully, mm-hmm. they can do a lot of the uh, more shtick with Willow, Cordelia, and Xander. Yeah. So they could be things like, hey, look, we're going to put glue on the floor and then jump on bugs. And mm-hmm. that's the fight, right? Or the hold him still. Yeah, that was very good. But it was not fight choreography. I mean, it was a, to an extent, but it was yeah. not complex choreography. Yeah. And they do things like that later on where, like, all the... Sorry. Where the entire Scooby gang will, like, go and patrol, like, for vampires in the graveyard or whatever. They specifically do that. I remember very clearly at the beginning of season six, but there's a very specific reason why. Sure. Um, But, yeah, where, like, all the Scoobies will go and patrol or they'll have to all fight. There's a lot of fighting that Willow does later, but obviously not choreography. (laughs) Yeah, it's not it's not fight violence. It's no. uh, it's violent. It's uh, it's very Scarlet Witch, I imagine, very much moving your hands around and making things happen, and then things happen through the power of CGI. Yeah, yeah, she skins a man alive. That's pretty good. It's grand. Um, but the fights were better in the part one. Because the yeah. actual Buffy-Kendra fight in part one is actually the best fight of this whole thing. Yeah. Or this whole two-parter. hmm The fights later, like, with Spike and Kendra and Buffy and all of them at the end. hmm Like, there were parts of it where it was like, oh, this is very intricate. There's steps. There's journey happening. It's back and forth. It's great. And mm-hmm. there are others where I'm like, Spike, you missed that kick by, like, four feet the wrong way. Like, she's over there, and you tried to kick her... She's over there on the ground, and you tried to kick her in the head three feet away as if she was standing up. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense. No, I feel like if when Spike... Because Spike did not fight well during this, and I I would argue that he purposefully didn't fight well because he's very worried about Drusilla. So he's partly distracted I can accept that reasoning if they show us yeah they don't show us with Buffy and in other times in other shows in other films it's fine for them to go okay you need to assume as the audience several things because Mm -hmm. that's how this world works and you just need to assume Buffy hasn't earned that right Buffy hasn't earned the right to say hey audience we're going to let you assume that you understand what's happening and we don't need to be explicit. No, you did an episode about hyena possession. <laughs> and then you did another one about the frat boys and the, the snake king that lives underneath their house. No, you haven't earned that, Joss Whedon. Right. But then other parts of the fight choreography are great and intricate and uh-huh. a joy to watch. Right. They're mostly yes. the times where it's clearly the stunt doubles doing the work. Right. Which makes sense. That's their jobs. Yeah. (laughs) 
the Buffy lingo in this is overwhelming for like the first 20 minutes of part two. Buffy only speaks in 90s teen girl lingo because they really want to show the differences between her and yeah. Kendra. And it's too much. Yeah. It is too much. She said something like, we're going to stop fighting. Or we're going to have a piece, a truce right here or something like that. A scenario. Was, a Let scenario, me give you a scenario. scenario. That's wrong. That's not what you want. You want to compromise. And then she said, no fido, no kicko. Yeah. That was a line. That yeah. they wrote, and then she had to deliver. Right. Seriously. Because, oh, my Because gosh. the racism in the 90s is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I guess we should talk about this. The portrayal of minorities in Buffy <laughs> is not bad, necessarily, because it can't be, because the entire point of the show is that it's about a woman. Yes. So they have to be aware, and they have yes. to try to do things to, you know, sh- uh, showcase minorities and be true and portray them correctly and well. Yeah. But then we get both Willow and Cordelia at the beginning that are stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Right, different kinds of stereotypes, but that's what they're they're stock characters. Mm-hmm. They're the nerdy girl and then and then the, the mean girl. Yeah. Right? And then we get Xander who's just the funny guy. Yeah. Right? Everyone else is a caricature or stereotype. Now here in season two we're getting a little bit more but we're we're twenty something episodes into this and we're Cordelia and Willow are finally getting something. Yeah. Xander has had more earlier. Mm-hmm. All of Xander's growth and character development has just been in him getting over Buffy. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much it for him. And then Giles, we're finally getting backstory, but again, it took almost 20 episodes. Mm -hmm. And now we have Kendra, who, if you are listening to this and don't know, Kendra's black. Mm -hmm. Um, I won't call her African-American because I don't know... We don't know where Kendra, the character, is supposed to be from. Yeah. We don't know what accent that was. It was very vague. Because it was vague, it was insulting, almost. But I didn't know who it was insulting. Yeah, I don't know. Because they didn't do their due diligence in portraying the character for you to know, okay, this person is from here. This is who they are. All of it. They just kind of skipped over all of that. Yeah. She never says where she's from. No, she never says where she's from. She just has this wandering accent, so you can't really place her. Mm-hmm. And is she the first black character we've had on the show? I think so. I think. I, mean, yeah. I think everyone else has been white. Yeah. Or not, not black. Because, I mean, we had the Inca mummy. So, right. So, we had the uh, the the... Indian girl, but she was an Indian girl playing a South American. Mm-hmm. So from hundreds of years ago, so that's a whole that's a whole other right. thing. Right, they had that entire episode that was about like cultures and and it wasn't a good episode. No, but apart from that, like and even then, that one time they did it, it wasn't great. They didn't do it well. Yeah, 
They have. They weren't. They weren't cruel. They mm-hmm. weren't. I venture to say, in 1997, they were probably better than most shows in their mm-hmm. portrayals. But this is episode 21 and 22, and it's the first black character we've seen. Yeah. They have a black recurring character on Angel. Something, I guess, but that's yeah. not now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if you, if you make this now, is Willow played by a black girl? Or a Latina girl? I don't know. I think, I feel like it makes more sense for Buffy to be... I think that would work. Latina or... I think that would work if you did a reboot now. Hmm. That'd be more interesting. Yeah. It'd be certainly more interesting. The internet would probably not like it, but that's the internet. Yeah, there are a bunch of people in California. Like, California's yeah. not just white. Very much so. The 90s were different. <laughs> the 90s were different. And this would be different today. It would have to be. Mm-hmm. I think these casting choices are more a sign of the times. Yeah. And less uh, an indictment on Joss Whedon. I don't think it's yes. his no, I fault agree. necessarily. I'm not trying to say that because like later, like Firefly, the leading woman on Firefly is a black woman. Yeah. And she's um, on Angel. She's on Angel. And then she's, she's done many other things. But, and obviously we have uh, Willow deals with sexuality here in a little bit mm-hmm. so like J- uh, joss whedon and the team are not trying to skirt issues necessarily i just think 24 years ago the tools were not there for people to tell multiple stories from multiple ethnicities and cultures at the mm-hmm. same time yeah or at least not on a mainstream public access channel yeah. I mean, we even think about Glee, and that wasn't... That was, like, what, ten years ago? Yeah. And their leads were white. Mm-hmm. They had a black guy, an Asian guy, and an Asian girl. And none and of them... a black them, girl. With oh, and, the bla- and a black girl. There was... But none of them were, like, main characters. Not from episode one. No. no. Their main characters were white. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Rachel's Jewish, but... Yeah, Rachel's Jewish, and then they did, and then Kurt. Yeah, but he's still white. he's also still still white, so... But even then, ten years ago, I mean, he won a Golden Globe for portraying a gay high schooler. And that was, you know, at the time, that was uh, a huge step. Yeah. And that was just 10 years ago. Yeah, because he, if you look back in, like, gay and lesbian, like, television, he was one of the first, I think, if not the first, quote-unquote, teenager to say, I'm gay, on television. 10 years ago. on on public television. Yeah, on public public television. television. And that was 10 years ago. Yeah, it was 10 years ago. Well, a couple more things to wrap this up. Um, Drusilla tortures Angel with holy water. Yes, I... I loved it. Yes. It's great. Why does Drusilla have holy water? Because because Spike wanted specifically for her to torture him. 
So he probably went out and got it. She Spike wanted her to torture him? Yeah, she he like gave him gave her gave him to her and said just don't kill him. After she asked. Oh, then he probably went out and got it. I don't I know. I guess I don't know that <laughs> it just was struck me as odd that the vampires had holy water lying around. I mean You know, it'd be like if we had a jar of poison on the counter. Right? Yeah. Like I, I mean, don't know he why. He probably you went out and got it. You could just get get that down at the corner store. Yeah. Also, probably, this I don't know if this <laughs> this is an unpopular opinion or not, but, like, I think she had every right to torture Angel. <laughs> every right. Well, she had every right to torture Angelus. Yeah. But right now, that's they're the same person in her eyes. <laughs> sure. She is also nuts. Yeah. She's crazy. She's crazy. She's legitimately medically crazy. Yeah. Because he made her crazy. <laughs> Yes. He uh, deserves pretty much anything he gets there. Yeah. So it's fine. Like, I appreciated that they didn't let the Slayers save Angel before um, he was forced to be part of the ritual. Mm -hmm. Because he did kind of deserve it. Yeah. Like, he deserved to, you know, a little bit of payback. Yeah. I mean, you kill every single person in this woman's family and then torture her and then decide to make her a vampire. She wants to torture you. You kind of deserve a couple hours of that. Okay, so Spike hauls Angel into the room. Yeah. Right? And Drusilla is very excited to to take Angel and torture him and everything. Angel is gagged? Yeah. Because it keeps vampires from biting you, apparently? Uh, they're vampires. Who's he gonna bite? Right, but they're vampire. They're all vampires. So okay, whatever, fine. Maybe, maybe he's gagged because they don't want to hear him talk, or they just don't want to <laughs> deal with him. Whatever. Okay, it's fine. What are these handcuffs that actually keep him restrained? And then eventually, he's just tied to the bed with rope. Like I guess he's super weak for he, some reason. Yeah, he was weak. But also, I just think what? it's really funny that you just said <laughs> they gagged him because they didn't want to hear him talk. Angel doesn't talk. Right? Well, but he does talk finally. And he, you know, um, talks to, to Spike about how, hey, we were a thing. You're not satisfying her. I can teach you. Right? And he's clearly goading him on. She likes floor play. Hint, hint. <laughs> and then... And then Spike does almost off him, and that's what Angel wanted. It was all yeah. thing, and it was actually pretty well written and very well uh, sold. Good yeah. job, David Boreanaz. That's why they gagged him. Yeah. Because as soon as he could talk, mm-hmm. he almost ruined their plans. Yeah. Angel doesn't talk much, but when he yeah. does... I'm so excited for when, in Angel, when we get to the karaoke bar... <laughs> Because we have to listen to J- David Boreanaz sing, and it's my favorite. He can't sing. He can't. It's so bad. <laughs> but they, um, like, like, make it a thing. But what he can do is be posed in specific yeah. ways. Twice I noticed they posed Angel, like, on the ground, like, shirt askew, so muscles rippling, mm-hmm. very CW, right? Mm-hmm. That whole thing. Um, and it happened twice. The first, but it was both times like after he was thrown. Mm-hmm. So you know the day on set was okay. We're gonna throw you into the sewer, 
Okay, we got the throw. Cool. Cut. All right. Now go pose him. It was somebody's job on set to pose the shirt. Yeah, it was probably the director, whoever directed Whoever it. did it, right? They posed the shirt. <laughs> and then was... they did it again when he got thrown into Drew's room. So there's a lot of lingo. We've kind of talked about this. Um, I want to know uh, the meaning behind Xander's line. I am the bug man. Cuckoo kachoo. I don't know. I'm guessing I, that's a reference. It's got to be a reference. Xander's the guy who references things. Yeah. I don't know what it is, though. That reference I did not get. Did not get it. And then, okay, and then the last thing I have is at the very end of the episode... There are two things at the end of the episode, both involving Spike, because, of course, um, Spike grabs Drusilla and makes a break for it. Yeah. And then Buffy grabs the, um, I think it's called a censor, the thing that they... I don't know. The priest swing... Well, the the thing the priests swing back and forth to bless or consecrate or whatever. I think it's called a censor. Anyway, she uses it basically as a giant bola and... Throws it at him, hits him in the back of the head. Good aim. Uh, and apparently that's enough to knock out a vampire. Um, but it knocked the vampire into the organ, and then the entire wall fell on him. I'm confused why he was trying to go out of the wall. I don't know why he was trying to go out through the wall. And and it fell on him, it looked like a bad fake wall. Yeah. Like that they had just built that morning on set so that it could fall. Yeah. I don't. I just want to know why he thought he was going to go through a wall. I don't know. That's not a vampire power. I mean, he can kick things down, but, you know, there are doors. Yeah, Yeah, but his hands were full, too. Like, he couldn't really do too much. No. Um, But then, at the end, uh, they pan back the shot to the rubble, whatever, and Drusilla appears in her full vampire form. Is this the first time she's had vamp face? Oh, yeah. This is the first vampire. She's a scary vampire. This is Drusilla's first vampire face. Uh, Drusilla pulls Spike from the rubble and then carries him away and is strong and powerful again. whoop de doo Huzzah. Except, apparently, uh, Juliet Landau cannot pick up and carry uh, James Marston. Marsters. Marsters. James Marsters. Because she... Uh, it, it required uh, three or four different camera shots cut and spliced together mm-hmm. and very clearly some sort of dummy in her arms yeah. for this to happen. And it was just delightful because it was meant to be this like dark, scary, terrifying moment of, oh, no, she's here, she's back, she's powerful, and she's very weak. She, not, she cannot carry her boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, James Marsters is not a big person. He's kind of stocky, though. Like... <laughs> Yeah, but she is tiny. Yeah, she's also she very petite. small. Yes, no, Drew is scary. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. I've got one more thing to do, of course, in this segment of Ryan Predicts Poorly. I predict that Drusilla will do a tarot card reading for Angel. Mostly because I want more Drusilla-Angel interactions. And Drusilla is super into the tarot stuff. And they haven't really delved into tarot on this show yet. Mm-hmm. And okay. Then that's what I think will happen. 
I honestly don't know if I can tell you yes or no on okay, that. Okay, well, we will find <laughs> out. Uh, tell the people where they can find us. You can find us on different podcatchers and on Twitter. <laughs> Our Twitter is at I Missed It Pod. <laughs> Leave us a rating and review. We like those. Yes. We'll, sh- we'll shout you out if you do that. Yes, we will. We will absolutely do that. Uh, thanks to Ghostlight Media for having us on the network. Thank you to all of our Patreon backers. Uh, without you, we literally would not have the show. So thank you very much. We appreciate all that you do for us. Well, that'll do it for episodes 9 and 10 of Buffy Season 2, What's My Line? I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget that all monkeys are French. <laughs> They're the only animal cracker that wear pants. My hippos are jealous. They need their dignity. <laughs>